just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back with the Rational Boomer Podcast. Got a little different vibe going on today. Normally, I record the podcast in the dark of night or the dark of the early mornings. My wife's in bed. I'm a bit of a night owl. Perfect time to record the podcast, but not today. Today, it's Saturday afternoon, and as I look outside, I see blue skies, the sun, nice temperatures. It's a beautiful day. Anybody would want to be out there enjoying it, especially if you're from my part of the country. Because you know, in a very short order, we are going to have seven months of dark, dingy, cold, and snowy days. So why not get it while you can? Instead, I'm here recording a podcast, give you an idea of just how exciting my life is. But the fact of the matter is, I really enjoy doing the podcast, so this is a perfect situation to sit down and talk to you folks about some of the shit that's going on in this country. And trust me, there's a lot. This next week, like last week, is going to be pretty busy. There's a lot of important things happening, so I thought I'd take the time to talk about it here on the Rational Boomer podcast. Now, there are two dates particularly that are important this week. The first one, which is actually the second one, but I'm going to talk about it first, is November 4th. Because on that day, Donald Trump has to appear in court. Can you imagine? It's not about indictments or investigations or anything like that. It all stems from when the House Select Committee subpoenaed documents, White House documents, from the National Archives. Now, Donald Trump, of course, doesn't like that. So he says, you can't do it because of executive privilege. Well, until he found out that the only person that can assert executive privilege is a sitting president, not a diaper-shitting former president. So he's got a problem there. So what's he do? He decides to take it to court because he takes things to court. He's got more lawsuits going than anybody could possibly imagine, and he usually loses. But his goal here is just to delay, run the clock, because that's all he knows. He can't deal with facts or truth, so he just tries to delay, delay, delay. Just like you did when you were a little kid and did something wrong. You'd hid, you'd hide it, you'd move it around so mom couldn't see it. You knew it was coming eventually, but you wanted to delay it. That's the mind of Donald Trump, the mind of a child. Anyhow, so he has to appear in court this week to give his argument as to why they shouldn't release the documents. Now, the fact is he really has no case because he can't exert or assert executive privilege. That's on Joe Biden. And Joe Biden said, nah, it's cool. Let everything go. So it's really Joe Biden's call, not Donald Trump's. So his argument isn't really going to be an argument because he has no base in fact to stop the release of these documents. All he can really do is slow it down. And so it's going to be interesting to see how that court case goes. But as I was watching television today, I hear the National Archives did something interesting. They released all the types of documents, named the types of documents that apparently Donald Trump is afraid to have exposed. So I thought I'd give you those documents. It might give us a better insight of what Donald Trump is truly afraid of. First of all, 
There are 30 pages of daily presidential diaries, schedules, appointments, information showing visitors to the White House, activity logs, call logs, and switchboard shift chain checklist showing calls to the president and vice president, all specifically for or encompassing January 6th. That's the important thing to note here. Donald Trump doesn't want these released, but it's not about his whole presidency. It's not about all four years. It's about one fucking day. He's worried about documents on one fucking day, and that one day happens to be the day he helped mount an insurrection. So clearly he wants to hide some stuff. Next up is 13 pages of drafts of speeches, remarks, and correspondence concerning the events of January 6th. Now then, there are three handwritten notes concerning the events of January 6th from former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, listing potential or scheduled briefings and telephone calls concerning the January 6th certification and other election issues. Now that's interesting. I think we should know about that. Then there's a binder of talking points from White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany principally relating to allegations of voter fraud, election security, and other topics concerning the 2020 election. I don't like Kaylee. I think she's a bitch. I think she's a stupid bitch. I'm sorry for saying it. It has nothing to do with her being a woman. It has more to be with the more to do with her being associated with Donald Trump and her willingness to lie to the American public. Next up, is a draft text of a presidential speech for the January 6th Save America March. You saw him do the speech. Why can't we read the copy? I mean, he said it, so why can't we read it? Unless he went off script and said some other shit that he shouldn't have said. And it's called Save America March. He said he would march up to the Capitol with them, which he didn't because he's a, he's a gutless piece of shit. And then he told them to fight. And then all these other Congress people stood up and made remarks about going into battle and those sorts of things. So we should see this speech and we should see if he went off script. Then there is a handwritten list of potential schedule briefings and telephone calls concerning election issues. Should be simple enough. A draft executive order concerning election integrity. That's interesting. What was he going to make an executive order of concerning election integrity? Was he going to try to just make an executive order to stop the certification? Was he trying to do something else? I don't know, but we need to know that. Then he had a draft proclamation honoring Capitol Police officers Brian Sicknick and Howard Liebengood, who were killed in the January 6th insurrection. And lastly, associated emails from the Office of the Executive Clerk, which relate to the Select Committee's interest in the White House response to the Capitol attack. Oh, here are some letters or some documents or emails talking about the things that the election um, or that the Select Committee were looking for from Donald Trump. How are we going to hide them? What are we not going to tell them? See, that's the thing here. This should be all out and above board. There's no secret international shit going on here. 
It's about an insurrection that was mounted against our U.S. Capitol and our system of government. We should all know what's going on there. Certainly Congress should know since they're doing an investigation otherwise. And we should know in order to make sure this doesn't happen again. I've said it before. I think sometimes our government, and uh, Democrats particularly, are weak. They let things go. They aren't tough enough. And I'm hoping in this situation they will stand strong and be tough. Now, Donald Trump is going to court over this. He's saying, I have executive privilege and uh, I don't want it released. Again, we go back to the fact that he can't assert executive privilege. That's only Joe Biden. He said no. But he's going to stumble around and file appeals and do this all so it can be delayed. This is my question about our judicial system. If you've got subpoenas or anything like that, and people can just run the clock and just delay and delay and delay, how strong is our judicial system? How strong is our Congress? How strong are the subpoenas that Congress is sending out? If they're not strong, what's the fucking point of it at all? I mean, we've never experienced this to this extent because nobody has ever been as flagrant and as criminal as Donald Trump. It took Donald Trump to expose the weaknesses in our own systems. Now, what's going to come out in these documents is going to be pretty damning, I'm sure. That's why Donald Trump doesn't want them out there. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't see them. He shouldn't get away scot-free and all the other people like Mark Meadows and Steve Bannon and all these fucking clowns. They shouldn't be able to get away with this. Even though they failed, they should not be able to get away with this. And we need to know. So these court cases, Donald Trump will lose. It'll depend on how long it takes to get it put out and get it finally cleaned up. I think they can... um, um, push this along faster. They seem to do it with the court cases about the election fraud. It seemed like every other day we we heard, yeah, you lost another case. No basis, in fact, he's done. And that's pretty much the case with this situation. He really has no argument because he doesn't have the right to assert executive privilege. That's Joe Biden, and Joe Biden said it's cool. So hopefully it can go as fast as it did with these election uh, um, cases, the election fraud cases. They looked at it and they go, oh, this is bullshit. No, we aren't even going to listen to it. And that went all the way up to the Supreme Court. So I'm hoping that it can get done quickly. But see, here is the problem. If they can delay it and delay it and delay it, and for some reason they get to 2022 and the Republican take power, then this whole select committee is done, gone. We'll never find out. That's why it was so crucial for them to get the infrastructure bill passed, have some kind of good feeling about the Democrats for the 2022 election. And I'm going to talk about that in the next segment. But they could theoretically delay it this long. But there has to be some other angle, some other leverage put on to get this done quicker. This is a group of people that tried to overthrow our country, essentially a coup. 
Now, in any other country, these people would be lined up against a wall and shot and killed because they were a danger to this country. All we're trying to do is expose some documents that might prove they were involved. And that's too tough for us. That's what's really frustrating about being in America. It seems like everybody's got an angle to try to get away from it. And I know a lot of people are frustrated about it. I hear about it every day. I'm one that has a pretty positive outlook. I believe the truth ultimately comes out. I believe the people who need to pay a price ultimately will. Now, I know it's easy to say, well, that never happens because it's never happened before. Donald Trump slips out from under everything. And it sure seems like that, but not totally. I mean, he did get his organization indicted by the Manhattan District in New York. That's a pretty serious thing. He hasn't been indicted as yet, but that all but puts um, his company six feet under. That's a pretty substantial hit for a dipshit like Donald Trump. So things are happening. I think people are always waiting for the guillotine to fall. They want it now, they want it fast, and they want it complete. Unfortunately, in this country, with this government, our judicial system doesn't work that way. And sometimes I worry about the effectiveness of the judicial system and our government. Because what we're seeing now and what we saw the four years with Donald Trump in office and two impeachments, it looks like our Congress has no teeth, has no power to do anything. So now it's important between now and 2022 that the Democrats change that perspective. They have to look tough. They have to look like they're going after people. They have to look like they're prosecuting and uh, finding people guilty of obvious crimes, especially insurrection. In order to do that, they need these documents. And they will get these documents, hopefully in time to do some good. Because you know the Republicans, when they get in, if they get in, they'll cover all this shit up. Look how much stuff they covered up the last four years. Some of it's coming to light now, and they will pay the price for it. But this is going to be an interesting situation. It's going to be interesting if Donald Trump shows up in court on November 4th and his lawyers make a case to try to keep this out of the hands of the House Select Committee. They aren't going to be able to do it. They're going to lose. What's going to be interesting to find out what do they do next, meaning Donald Trump and his people. Will they appeal it to another court? Yeah, probably. They'll lose again and they'll appeal it to another court. But how far can he go? I mean, the fact of the matter is all this stuff costs a lot of money, and that's why most people can't do it. Donald Trump's running out of money, and he's running out of lawyers. So we'll see how far he can go. Eventually, it's going to be too far. He doesn't have enough money to beat out the government. It will come to light, and he will pay the price regardless of what happens. But, as I say, we've got to have our Democrats working hard and making these people accountable. Not only for the fact that they have to address these criminals, but they have to give the perception that they have some power, some strength, some teeth, if they hope to win in 2022. Now, there's another part of this. We have been talking about um, Donald Trump's lawyer, John Eastman. Now, he's been subpoenaed, I believe, and he is the gentleman that prior to January 6th wrote two memos. And in those two memos, he suggested ways of overturning the election. One of those ways is getting Mike Pence to not um, certify the election on January 6th. 
he wrote these two memos. Now, when those memos were exposed, he goes, oh, no, that's not right. That's crazy. That would never work. Next day, he's caught on tape saying, yep, that's exactly what I thought, and being very proud of his concept, his strategy. Now more audio is coming out well prior to January 6th, like on January 2nd or something. And he's basically saying, yeah, this will work as long as everybody involved has a spine to do it. Well, who he was referring to there was Mike Pence. Is Mike Pence going to actually not certify the election? We're finding out there's a lot of pressure on Mike Pence coming up to January 6th. He's getting beat up by Donald Trump. He's getting beat up by um, this lawyer, John Eastman. And apparently, Donald Trump is getting all his information and all his confidence from John Eastman. So this John Eastman is a fucking criminal. He's an insurrectionist. He's a seditionist, whatever you want to call him. But he is the source of the ideas that give Donald Trump hope and uh, the ability to try to pressure Mike Pence into actually not certifying the election. First, we thought Mike Pence was a good guy. He says, no, I can never do that, so I'm just going to certify it. And then we find out that, well, Mike Pence was kind of nervous. He's a little scared of Donald Trump and apparently the lawyer, John Eastman, because he was trying to find a way to do it. He maybe even knew in his head that it's wrong and it's not possible, but he didn't want to get the wrath of Donald Trump or apparently John Eastman, and he was trying to find a way to figure it out, some way to game the system. So if you thought Mike Pence was a good guy, a nice guy, who really wanted what's best for the country, no, that's not the case. He's a wimpy, gutless piece of shit who got scared by an idiot pants-shitting animal, Donald Trump, and some slimy fucking lawyer by the name of John Eastman. And that goes back to all these documents. We've got communications with, with, to and from Mike Pence. We've got documents to and from Donald Trump, maybe John Eastman. All these things that are in these documents, they need to be exposed. Because there was some fishy shit going on. There's no question about it. There definitely was some fishy shit. Anybody who looks at this with any intelligence about this sort of thing says it. Oh, yeah, something was going on, and it was definitely illegal. You may want to call it a coup or an insurrection or whatever you want to call it, but it wasn't a good thing for this country. It was unprecedented in this country for this to happen, especially in 2021, for Christ's sake. You would think we'd be beyond all that stuff, but that wasn't the case. You get one guy, their Lord and Savior, Donald Trump, to yap his mouth, and he's willing to say anything, whether it's true or a lie, or if he knows even what he's talking about. He spews it out. And what do all these people around him do? Even though they know better, they start running around like chickens with their heads cut off, trying to figure out a way to make Daddy Trump happy. We had a whole administration that was co-opted by a fucking nutcase. And that put our country in a terrible position, put us on the edge of insurrection, of a coup. Now, what more reason would you have to expose those documents than that? 
Judges will see that. Even the conservative judges can't go on that because they'll get hammered going against the law. It's all about how long Donald Trump can delay this and how long it's going to take before the Democrats get tough and hammer these fucking people. It's not just about their party. It's about this country, the future of this country. And if you're ever going to get tough, now's the time to get fucking tough because we're tired of seeing the wimpy shit. So this week, Jan- uh, November 4th, it's going to be interesting. It'll be interesting to see if Donnie shows up or if it's just his lawyers. But I'm interested to hear what the complaint is going to be because it will be absolute bullshit and no judge will pay attention to it. All right, let's take a break. We'll be back. So even before November 4th, when Donald Trump is scheduled to appear in court, November 2nd is going to be a big day, we think. You see, Nancy Pelosi and some other Democratic uh, leaders have stated that they are going to vote on the bipartisan infrastructure bill and the Build Back Better Reconciliation Bill come Tuesday. Now, I've always told you that these bills will pass. They have to pass. And here's why. The bipartisan bill was agreed upon by the Republicans. They need that bill to pass because come the election of 2022, they need to say, hey, look at what we did, all the good things we did for the infrastructure. But the problem is, because of the progressive Democrats, that bipartisan bill will not pass unless the Build Back Better Reconciliation Bill passes. Now, they started at $3.5 trillion. They winnowed it down to $1.75 trillion, but it's going to have to pass before the bipartisan bill passes. Now, the Democrats need the, inf- uh, the, the reconciliation bill to pass because they want to be able to say, come 2022's election, hey, look what we did. It was all just a matter of time. It had to come together. I'll give the Democrats credit for setting it up the way they did. This is the only way they're going to get some kind of bill like this passed is by getting some leverage over the Republicans. Let's be honest. Since Joe Biden has been in office, actually prior to Joe Biden being in office, the Republicans have absolutely done fucking nothing. The COVID relief bill, they wanted to take credit for it, but they didn't vote for it. Not one of them voted for it. And look at the good it did for this country. Look what it did for the economy. Now, when these infrastructure bills, or the Build Back Better bill too, when they pass, these are going to have some significant effects in this country. I saw one commenter on one of my posts, oh, I don't care anyway, I'm tired of it. Well, dumb fuck, you better be looking forward to it because you and everybody else will benefit from it one way or another. If you want to fucking pout and say, oh, it's never going to happen, too bad. Stop being a child. Pay attention. Understand what's going on and realize that everything in fucking government is a process and typically a long process. I don't like it, but that's what we have to deal with. And pouting does no fucking good. So just focus on what's going on. Try to use some critical thinking and just pay attention. So these two bills will pass. Now they're saying it's going to happen November 2nd, Tuesday. I will tell you this. They've said that before. Ah, we're going to vote on it today. Doesn't happen. We're going to vote on it today. Doesn't happen. 
And it's possible that come November 2nd, Tuesday, they won't vote on it either. Because there's these people still dicking around. And when I say people dicking around, I'm talking about Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema. You see, the Republicans aren't even in the equation when it comes to the reconciliation bill. We know now that none of them are going to vote for it. Not one of them are going to vote for it. But because it's a reconciliation bill, it can pass with a... Um, um, a simple majority of 51 votes. So that means you need 50 Democratic votes and you need Kamala Harris to do the tie-breaking vote as president of the Senate. Of course, she's vice president of the country. So they need 50 Democrats to vote on this reconciliation bill. Now, if they aren't willing to do this, meaning Manchin and Cinema, then the Democratic progressives are going to say, fuck it, we're not passing the bipartisan bill. Now, when you look at Christian Cinema and Joe Manchin, you look at their states, they need this stuff as bad as anybody. And if they come out of this with nothing, oh, they're going to take some heat from their states. And I do have to give the progressive Democrats some credit. The thing about it is I don't necessarily agree with all things that are progressive with the Democrats. But up until lately, the Democrats have never been tough when it comes to negotiating with the Republicans. I mean, how many times have they negotiated something down they wanted and then the Republicans still didn't vote for it? They know what the fucking deal is. They know they've got to get the reconciliation bill passed before they do the bipartisan bill because they don't trust Manchin and Cinema, no, and especially not the Republicans. So they're being tough about it. And they're taking some heat about it. Well, if you don't vote for it, then we get nothing. Well, when you're negotiating, you've got to push it to the edge. You've got to understand what's in the mind of the person you're negotiating with. If the Republicans and if Joe Manchin and Cinema didn't care at all, well, then it would be a risk to be tough. But if you're smart and you can read the person, you realize these people need it. They want it. So they'll give some if they're pushed hard enough. It's a matter of who has the strongest will, who's able to win the game of chicken. And I'll give them credit, at least to now, to this point, the progressive Democrats have been doing a good job playing chicken. So now let's assume they both pass. They will pass. Will it happen Tuesday? I hope so. Get this fucking out of the way so we can focus on more important things like the voters' reform bill. But let's just say it doesn't. Everybody's going to say, oh, no, there's trouble. It's doomsday. It's never going to pass. It's going to pass. They've told us before, today's the day. It hasn't been the day. If it comes Tuesday and they don't pass it Tuesday, don't worry. They're going to pass it eventually. This is political suicide for everybody involved if they don't. It's going to pass. We have all these people positioning themselves, posing, and trying to be the tough guy in this thing. But ultimately, it has to be done. It has to get done. So if you're worried about it and come uh, November 2nd, they say, oh, maybe it's Friday. Don't worry. It's going to happen. And the thing about it is, is don't worry about what they took out of the reconciliation bill. I mean, it's disappointing that they take certain things out of the rec uh, reconciliation bill. And it would be a great pleasure of mine if I could sit down with Christian Cinema 
and Joe Manchin and say, so this uh, stay-at-home child care pay, what don't you like about it? Why don't you like children? Love to ask them that. Or you don't want billionaires taxed even though they don't pay taxes. Explain that to me. It's funny, whenever I see a journalist, they never ask questions like that. It's always convoluted the way they do, and they give you some convoluted answer, and nobody gets the true answer to any fucking question. Somebody needs to sit down in front of these people and say, okay, you said that. Explain specifically what you meant. Or explain to me what you don't like about people that don't pay taxes to pay their fair share. What don't you like about it? That's where you get these people pressed to the wall and they have trouble answering the questions. But for the life of me, I've tried to watch it all through the Trump administration. These journalists, and I use that term loosely, never ask questions like that. They kind of dance around it like they don't want to piss somebody off or they want to perpetuate the drama of this whole thing, which is probably true. This is why we need journalists, real journalists in this country. If somebody had the balls to actually start a news organization that stuck to journalistic rules and just did the job, I would hope they'd be popular. But I don't know. You know, see, the problem is that the people in this country have gotten too lazy and they're more worried about gossip and the tea, if you will, as opposed to the real hard news. There's a lot of people out there that don't want to put in the work to, to think. They want to be told what they should believe. They don't want to take the time to look into the facts so they have something that supports what they believe. Instead, they'd rather have Tucker Carlson start talking to them, tell them some absolute bullshit, and just parrot that to everybody else as if it's absolutely true. So we've got some problems in this country, uh, but the infrastructure ain't one. Both those bills will pass. Even if it doesn't happen on Tuesday, it's going to pass, and it's going to pass fairly soon. I'm thinking there's a better-than-even chance that it will happen on Tuesday because there was a big rush to get this thing passed before Joe Biden went to the climate summit. He wanted something in his pocket, a win, uh, some leverage to tell these folks what they need to do with climate change. He really wanted that, and I think when he left... He was probably pretty pissed because they couldn't get it done. And there's been a lot of that lately. Our government officials, whether they be Democrat or Republican, not being able to get anything done. Well, hey, that's your fucking job. Get things done. If you can't get things done, maybe we should bring in people that can because clearly you're shirking your duties. My point is, is that on Tuesday, Joe Biden will still be at the climate summit. So while he didn't have it when he left, he'll have it while he's there. He can claim victory, and all will be well. So you can bet the Democrats are trying very hard to get this done by Tuesday. Because if they don't get it while he's at the climate summit, I have a feeling you're going to be dealing with a totally different Joe Biden. Joe Biden's easygoing, he would appear to be, and pretty easy to deal with. I think behind closed doors, he's a little tougher. He's been in this business too long not to be somewhat tainted by the bullshit that goes on in this business. He understands the angles. He understands how to do deals. So I'm sure behind the uh, closed doors, it's a much different deal. 
But if you send Joe Biden off to the climate summit and can't get this done, essentially embarrassing Joe Biden, he's going to come back here with a little different temperament. And maybe he will finally exercise the powers of being president, start to hammer some people that need to be hammered. Nobody in particular, Manchin and Cinema, but maybe he'll do that. And I think maybe the people in the Senate and in the House know this. They don't need the boss coming back pissed off. They want him coming back with a smile. So the likelihood that they will get this done on uh, November 2nd, I think, is pretty high. And again, I'll say this. This is very important, not only for the parties, Democrat and Republicans. This is absolutely crucial for this country. It's transformational. It's going to do a lot of good for a lot of people in this country. It's going to extend a lot of goodwill to the Democrats, and it's going to be a huge help to them come 2022. They will appear as though they accomplished some amazing feats. I mean, keep in mind, these kind of bills are just as important as when they put highways in this country, sent somebody to the moon or the New Deal. It will have that kind of impact on this country. It will create jobs, make people's lives easier, make it easier for people to get cheaper health care and cheaper child care. Those are big deals. There's a lot of money being spent there, and they have never been helped. I know when I had a kid in daycare, it cost me a shitload of money. I had to have my kids so far apart, six years, so I didn't have them both in daycare at the same time. Not because we wanted to do that, but because that's the only way we could fucking afford it. That's absurd. You should not go broke trying to get child care for your kids. You should not go broke because you got sick. And hopefully these bills will help to ease that burden for the people. And that's a big fucking deal. That's a huge deal. So this is going to be transformational for this government, for this country, and for all of us. And it's going to help the Democrats ultimately when they go to the elections in 2022. And in spite of the fact they pulled some of these things out of the reconciliation bill, don't worry about it. You got to look at the long game. You got to take the win, use the advantage, build more power, and then go after the shit you lost in the first place. And then you won't have nearly as much trouble because you'll have more power. you got to get what you want, but sometimes it takes a while to get it, or there's a process to getting it. So this thing with the infrastructure bill is going to pass. It'll be good for us. It'll be good for the Democrats, and hopefully allow the Democrats to build a bigger margin in the majority come 2022. Keep your fingers crossed, because we're hoping that's the case. And one of the last things I wanted to talk about, I have talked about this before in a shorter segment. It's about this Tucker Carlson series that's coming up starting Monday. It's about January 6th and the insurrection. Except Tucker's take on it's much different than what the truth is. It's all fucking lies, what he's saying. He's suggesting it was a false flag operation. You know what a false flag operation is? This is exactly what he's saying. A false flag would mean that the Democrats were actually behind the insurrection and they mounted it to make the Republicans and Trumplicans look bad. 
That is absolutely fucking absurd. All you have to do is look at the people who've already been arrested. Not one Democrat, not one FBI agent, a lot of trump That claim is a fake, is a false statement. Then he's talking about these poor people that are being persecuted in jail. Now, wait a minute. How can you say it was a false flag and it was all Democrats, but now you're crying for the people who were arrested and being persecuted? If it was all Democrats, why would you give a fuck? Because they'd be the ones in jail. But no, they're the Trumplicants. They're the Republicans. Everything about this particular series is absolute bullshit. It's lies. And what it's encouraging these people, these idiots, not everybody, just the idiots, is to revolt to encourage violence. And when a media company or a media personality does this on a platform that's pretty sizable and basically pushes for and promotes the idea of revolution or violence in the streets, and that's exactly what he's doing, here's a guy that needs to be punished. Here's a network that needs to be shut down. We've been hearing a lot about the, the uh, cancel culture and such. And I like the cancel culture because unless you do something fucking crazy or stupid or vicious or mean, you won't get canceled. So why would we have a problem with people that are doing fucked up shit getting canceled? I don't. I think they should. Now, Fox News and Tucker Carlson have taken some heat in the past. But right now, it's apparent that they have learned nothing from that. They backed off Dominion and they wimped out on other things because they got pressure. So what's that tell you? You give them pressure, they fold. So now's the time we need to give them some pressure. We need to find out who are the sponsors of this series. I can't believe anybody would be stupid enough to sponsor it given all the bad will that's going on around it. But there will be some. And those people that do sponsor it, they should be boycotted. They should be exposed for who they are, and they should be shamed and canceled for that fucking matter. The network who's allowing it to air, knowing it's all untrue, all that that it's all a fake, they should be canceled. And Tucker Carlson should be run out of the fucking business. He's been lying for four and a half years, lying constantly, talking negatively about the vaccination, even though he's got the vaccination, even though his whole company requires vaccinations, he's still telling people not to get vaccinated. You have to believe this guy is all for people dying. And if he's for all people dying, he should be off the fucking air. But unfortunately, there's a faction of stupid people that watch him and still make it profitable for Fox News, so they let him stay. Now, Fox has fired a couple of uh, talking heads before, and we need to put the pressure on enough to get rid of Tucker Carlson because he's a piece of shit. He's like Bill O'Reilly, but in a different way, as far as we know. But this is going to be interesting to see if this show even airs. I have a feeling come Monday they might say, oh, we're going to delay it for a week or two. But maybe not. I mean, Fox News has done some pretty egregious things. Tucker Carlson has done some egregious things. But what they don't understand is when all this hype about the insurrection and the lies going on about it, when it all settles and history looks back, these people will look like criminals. 
they will be hated in history. And they either don't care or not smart enough to grasp it. Not sure what it is. But these people will pay the price ultimately, and it's just a fucking TV show, and it's just on Fox News. Now, nobody with any intelligence watches Fox News. It's all just the stupid fuck base. So if it runs, it runs. I don't really give a shit. I certainly wouldn't watch it. I don't watch anything on Fox News. Why would I? If I want to get lies, (laughs) I'll just call some of my relatives. I don't need to listen to nothing but lies. It almost annoys me to no end when I turn it on. My wife will say, let's just turn it on and see what they're saying. I said, I can't. I just can't. I can't listen to the bullshit, knowing in my mind that some people actually believe this shit. It's upsetting to me that they do this and there are people that believe it. I I just can't. And it kind of goes back to what I've said before. Anybody I find out that um, is a... uh, Trump fan, after all this time, all that's been exposed, all that's been said, if they're still a Trump fan, I have a real fucking problem with them, and I can't be near them. I can't help with argue with them. And when I argue with them, they're going to get angry. And then it turns into a bigger mess that I just don't need. I wish I could be locked in a room with nobody but me and the guy and argue with them. And push them and push them and push them until they just break. Because they're not very smart people. They're clearly emotionally broken people. If they're reacting to a uh, an abusive father or daddy in the case of Donald Trump, they got some other problems, deeper problems. And if you know what the problems are, you can exploit them. But then they revert to violence. And I'm too old for violence. <laughs> I might have been a tough guy once long ago, but I'm not now. And the one thing I learned about being a tough guy, no matter how tough you are, no matter how fast you win a fight, you get hit in the face, that shit hurts. I don't want that. It takes longer for me to recover these days. So it'll be interesting to see if this show actually airs. You're going to have to tell me about it because I ain't going to watch it. I'm not giving them any credit, any ratings numbers at all to see it. I don't care what they have to say because I know in advance it's all bullshit. It's all lies. But I'm sure we'll hear about it. The media will be screaming about it. Oh, this is terrible or, oh, this is great. We'll have to hear about it for a week or two. And we'll see if there are any ramifications from sponsors or whoever if it does air. So it's going to be a fucked up show. It's going to be on Fox. And I would recommend you don't watch it. Don't watch it. It's not worth it. doesn't matter. All right. We're going to wrap things up for yet another Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for spending some time with me. If you have questions, comments, or complaints, email me directly at rationalboomer at gmail.com. And those emails go right to me, and any answers you get are from me. If you want to leave a voicemail, go to anchor.fm, go to Rational Boomer Podcast, and leave a voicemail message. I love hearing from you folks. It's always good to hear from you with your questions or whatever. And I try to address every question or comment I get. So anyway, let's wrap things up. We'll do it again real soon, like say, oh, I don't know, tomorrow? (laughs) Same time, same place? All right, you have a good week. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. 
We'll see you next time.